Welcome to the Grieve Experience Podcast, Episode 5. I'm your host, Chris Bargeron, and with me today is Sir Puck. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. How you doing today? Good. Can't man. complain. Yeah. Doesn't do any good anyway. Right. <laughs> so they say. No, I can tell you from personal experience last week, it does not do any good to complain. <laughs> Did it make it worse? Oh, it made it a lot worse. Yeah, at least in my relationships. So, But today's a good day because I'm feeling better after last week. So it's a good thing. That's good. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of worked through some stuff. Um, and I might bring that up in a little bit. But, but before we get on into all of that, welcome everybody to Degree of Experience. We are a podcast where we reevaluate our past in order to redefine our present and future. Um, and just kind of a heads up too, because we're listed as a mental health podcast. Um, you don't know what we're talking about. Exactly. (laughs) You know, we, we just know it from personal experience, but I am not a trained or certified therapist. Uh, neither is Sir Puck here. No, no, not, not even close. Although people love talking to me. So like, I've always been that listener type personality. So I've heard a lot of stories. I don't remember them all, but hey. Right. I like to say, I play one on TV. No. <laughs> I don't even do that well. Yeah, right. It's like <laughs> 90s, 2000, man. Get with the times. Whatever, dude. I'm 40 now. I'm I'm at oh, peace. Man. I'm at peace of, uh, you know, I'm at peace of being 40, actually. It's kind of cool telling all the young whippersnappers, back in my day, we had to wait to get on the internet. And you had to wait yep. to get home, call it on a phone. <laughs> you know, I kind of miss those days. days. Yeah. You know, it's it's getting to be fewer and fewer of us that to remember life before a lot of these things that are so prevalent in our life now. Um, it's the way the world works, right? I mean, progress, the wheel keeps turning. Yeah. Um, but it's so. weird to be on the other side, I guess personally like i mean of course of course but i mean it's like looking back as a kid and and being unable to like imagine life before television you know stuff like that but yeah our parents did yeah yeah that's what i mean you know it's all it's just the wheel spinning man yeah just if you can figure out what the next thing is it'll have everybody positioning away from what we're doing now that's where you make your money mm but yeah. But so yeah, we're not licensed therapists at all. Um, and it came to my attention too, kind of after our last episode, uh, having Rebecca on, which uh, which I loved, and and I begged her to come back again, and she will. She's going to come and bring her sort of professional perspective on some of these topics, and and we're and but it got me kind of thinking about this show. And because we're so early and we're still kind of figuring out like what it is. And even with us being a mental health podcast, because I mean, originally that was not my intention. It was just sort of, I just wanted an outlet to share my story with others, which is recovery from addiction. Um, and, and so it's kind of sharing that experience, strength and hope in, in, in hopes to, uh, you know, inspire others. But also there's sort of a selfish part of it too, that this podcast is in a way, you know, a part of my therapy too. Like I'm growing and having personal lessons in doing this practice. Um, I mean, just cause after last week, for example, or last episode, uh, I, as I was listening to it and working on, uh, mixing it, 
I just was so self-conscious of how I... And you've been like this through the other episodes, quite honestly, but uh, it definitely seemed like we talked, I think, once or twice in between episodes. It's getting fewer and fewer in between episodes that we talked, but like, yeah, I could tell it was really... It was worse than it had been before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the self-consciousness. Yeah. Because, well, usually how it works is I will be... It's it's the recording. Like, when we finished... It's in the moment when we finish the recording, I'm look, I'm immediately going, oh, my God, that was horrible. I didn't remember to say this. I said this wrong. Um, you know, and, and, and then I would listen to it later and feel better about the whole, you know, the overall um, episode and topic and what we were saying... Um, but then, but then I would also sort of catch some of the times I misspoke and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said this. Somebody's going to call me out for getting this wrong. You know, like, like we have to have listeners for that. Ah, (laughs) 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 um, so second of all, no, (laughs) you notice I stopped advertising for the show. (laughs) No, I didn't even. Yeah, you must not have picked. I'm not the right demo. No, I, I, I did stop paying for advertisement, I should say, on social media because it's the only way to get people to freaking see it, apparently. Um, besides, I guess SEO optimization tactics, but, but I mean, I yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel so even after mixing, I, I didn't feel so good about the third episode that yeah, I, I kind of had this sort of, I just put it out there, but I didn't try too hard to get people to listen to it. Whereas like episode four, then I got I got back on the ball of like, uh, you know, like hey, look look what we made. Um, but I think that's why there's the approach where people, a lot of the podcasts I see at least uh, on no agenda social, you know, the Mastodon instance that Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak of No Agenda or you know started. Everybody does a stream, and then they just publish it afterwards you know it's very informal and i think mm-hmm. <laughs> your vision for this is a little bit different than what i've countered but i think there's also a certain like you do it and then you just push it out there i've yeah. always liked that about no agenda at least yeah um, but one of the things they have is well they have adam curry you know with yeah. like 40 You're years not adam of, curry. no not at all and uh you know he's got 40 years of radio experience so i mean he has a good sound from the get-go and and whereas i am i'm learning a lot man doing this adventure has has been so phenomenal for me learning so much it's improving my music production it's fantastic but it was important to me uh, to have a good sound, you know, because there's nothing because I uh, there's podcasts that I enjoy that I have a hard time listening to because I love the content, but the sound, man, it's like the buzzing and like one guy's kind of soft, the other guy's kind of loud. I think that's why I don't listen to a lot of other podcasts is because I got so spoiled. Like No Agenda became my like primary one for a long time there, and it took everybody a long time to catch up. It's only now that you can really go out and find. Because, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the circles that you go and find them through. But, yeah, I relate to that. I mean, I mean, well, we both are, you know, fans of No Agenda. And, yeah, it's it it it's spoiled. It, it definitely spoiled and set that standard for this high. And so, yeah, part of why I was like, OK, for now, we need to just record it and then I'll go back. Um, but that said, it, the process is getting easier and easier for me. Yeah. And as I'm getting well, that's what's supposed to happen. So, oh, yeah. Good. Progress on perfection, man. It's great. But but yeah, so so back but back to us becoming a mental health podcast. Again, it's like 
you know, the intention though was just to kind of you know spread my story and message. And when and when I went to it was really the website when I went to register uh, with with uh, justcast.com uh, for hosting this site. You know, a part of that process was defining you know what our category was, and it was very limited. And I wasn't certain if it was just them or if it's just kind of the RSS standard. But the closest thing I could find to what we're kind of because we're not a political podcast, you know, we're not necessarily a comedy podcast, or there wasn't even a comedy listing. I think. Uh, there's like subcategories, I think. It's like entertainment, and then there's subcategories. But the point was, yeah. the closest thing I could find was like health and fitness with the subcategory of mental health. And then that got me all self-conscious because after we did a couple episodes, I started kind of... I actually got into the idea of being like... And it is part of my kind of journey right now as an artist. To, to that I want to be that sort of artist that inspires and lifts people up and and positive message. Um, so I've been checking out like some mental health podcasts and then that kind of freaked me out because they all, they all have the music going, which I'll cut in some music later. They, they all have that music going and the soft voices and they tell you just the perfect way to just let those demons go and let those positive feelings in if you just can rearrange your thinking. Yeah. You know, so like they the, got the that. kind of shit you fall asleep to. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they got that NPR sound. And, and, and then I kind of, and I still do have this motivation of sort of being like, we can be different. Like we can be that sort of mental health podcast for people, for your average, your average person, you know, your average, you know, the person that, that, that curses and, 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 you know, I don't know. It's just it's somebody that would get turned off by that kind of sound. I wanted to have, then I got inspired to have this be that podcast, you know? So somebody says, turns on this mental health podcast and they, they don't realize they're listening to a mental health show because they don't really like that, that standard tone. So, yeah. so that's, that's kind of give. So, so for anyone I got, and I'm just kind of putting that out there. Really, this is for my own junk of, of again, self-consciousness. Um, because that's m- the way I work through stuff, or I have been working through stuff these days, is is learning to be transparent, to stop hiding. Because that's been my junk for a while, especially recently. Um, which will kind of break into our topic of addiction. But, which a big part of that is, you know, keeping secrets. Um, and when you let those secrets out, when you take that darkness and put it out there and put a light on it, um, it, it either gets better or it can frankly just disappear from you, at least, at least for the day. I mean, everything will come seeping back. Uh, my experience is, is that of sort of a maintenance program on all these things, but you know. Hmm. Well, that said... You want to talk about addiction? I mean, I guess so. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here <laughs> to do. I know. That's the topic. Let's talk about addiction, man. Uh, a topic close to my heart. Um, because well, And and you, you go to meetings and all that kind of stuff, so this will be interesting. Because, um, I mean, from my perspective, I've never been to an AA meeting. I've never mm-hmm. been through rehab, um, anything like that. So, um <laughs> take everything i say with that um that lens i suppose yeah um i i don't even particularly agree i guess you have to define words and all that kind of stuff but like the the whole addiction is a disease thing i i'm not really 100% on board with yeah 
And I think that's important that that you're that you're here to voice that because that was that certainly was where I was from. I don't know six. Oh no, more than uh, eight years ago. I would say it was about eight years ago when my perspective of that changed. And and I don't want to change your perspective. I think it's important that we have to the two perspectives here to discuss it. And especially, yeah, well, and at the same time, I'm open to your your findings and your because i don't think we've ever really i think anytime we've discussed this i either don't remember it um or i think it's more come up more recently and we've kind of held back because not to keep going back to the curry dvorak consulting <laughs> firm should we put the but, website in the in the show <laughs> notes <laughs> yeah um they should be i mean but uh you know the whole keeping it fresh and not talking about things more than once you know like having the original conversation happen now i think we've kind of avoided <laughs> this topic i feel like at least i don't know in a way um, yeah, we've been kind of saving it yeah and uh, and that's actually how i kind of wanted to start off really and and because because this is a topic that i think is is not going to be a one and done i think we're gonna this, this is something that we're gonna readdress every so often and come back to it and and have further discussions on so i think a focus on this i mean we'll see where it goes i i, I prefer to be organic but i want to start off with sort of the definition i thought it'd be fun maybe if we we each took a turn kind of saying what addiction means to us or how we define addiction and then and then we can look at the i guess official sources and see what they say um yeah well and i cheated a little bit like maybe 20 minutes before we got together and started turning knobs and stuff um i looked it up just to get it fresh in my mind so mm -hmm. you know um i've even got a tab open but yeah. yeah, I get it. Oh, dude, I did the same thing. I got like I got like four tabs open to stuff. Oh, I only got one. Yeah, because um, it varies. Yeah, it's interesting how it does. So I, I, I guess. Well, and geez, if you use the Google machine, you type it in there. To me, it's all about, <laughs> you know, they're they're pushing a narrative to me. If you get behind like narratives being pushed by that you know it's it's a certain type of result which is true of anything i suppose right. but well i'm curious too then of the difference because i binged it baby yeah of course you did <laughs> well i guess i'll go first and say it. and it's and right because it's hard for me to give the definition without like without because i have that 12-step program sort of view of it ingrained in me um well but, i think you've already dropped like two or three <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And I will. In this episode. Oh, I will. And I'm and I'm and I'm planning on you know quoting some stuff because I think I think it's it's you know because again because because right like I didn't think it was a disease. Um, I thought it was just sort of like you know you're just you're just an idiot. Frankly, was how I felt about it. You know, it's like you just can't stop, and you could if you can just get your shit together. Was was how I defined it. And now you know I would I would kind of say you know addiction is 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 sort of an i see i i think of it as like a mix between heart disease and an allergy um because it's and that's how i've come to think of it as a disease because there's certainly like genetic factors i mean like it's yeah. you're not necessarily born with it but you have an increased chance of developing it and those lifestyle choices you make whether you have that genetic factor or not 
you know, you can develop that allergy to alcohol and, and that is, and the allergy being that you or or any substance, you know, that allergy being that, you know, when, when you consume it, you, ha- you, you it's not so much the craving before you get it. It's when you get it, when you get it in your system, you can't stop or it is hard for you to stop despite how this, you know, despite everything else going on in your life. So I guess that's my like- shot at it. Yeah, and the reason I have somewhat of a, an issue with that kind of like definition of it is it's like okay, well, if you ha- if you're predisposed to male pattern baldness and wearing a hat makes it worse and you wear a hat for your entire life and then your hair falls out, are you you have a disease cuz you wore a hat? You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. Well, I think, and, and that's, and that's where, right. It's like, it's, is it a physical disease versus sort of a mental health illness? And I believe there's like the, 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 the illness aspect of it. I think there's definitely genetic things that have happened, you know, that you pass on for sure. You know, like one, one side of my family is for sure predisposed to it, but then I always heard stories about how it was. Mm -hmm. So then you know, oh, when I have a drinking problem, it must be all, it must be all that. It's all genes. There's nothing wrong with me. So well, that's it, not necessarily a good, <laughs> you know, way right. to look at it either. So that's um, a good point because it's, it's, because it, it's, it's almost like a cop out, right? It's, yeah, it, and it can absolutely. be used as a cop out to be like, well, you know, I'm an addict, feel woe for me. And, and it can be misperceived, I think, in some people's, use of the term and trying to help people understand that it's like you need to take personal responsibility for your actions but also recognize the lack of control that you you can have um i mean i don't know that's that's why i love like there's a guy i know that uses the the strawberry thing you know he's like he's like you know some people they have they they're allergic to strawberries you know and they eat them and they break out you know and what do they do they they, you know, they stop eating them. They just, they just avoid it, you know. But me, when I drink alcohol, I break out in handcuffs, and for some reason, I keep drinking the darn stuff, and and that's sort of the madness. But that also is that personal responsibility of like, oh yeah, that if there's no to me that that whole allegory is like, well, okay, like did 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 you suddenly cease to be a human being to where it's only the alcohol and like that's. That's a jump to, <laughs> I don't know, right? That that one, but I get that there's stories that people have to tell to get to you know their own recovery and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, well, it's an exaggeration. It's not like you have one drink and then you're getting arrested. But that's, sure, that's um, the phrase is the phenomenon of craving, in that you have that one and then you you just can't reason yourself to stop. And then, you know, it's not, it's, it's, and then, and then you just keep going and going and eventually the blackout, you know, eventually the, the, the bad behavior, you know, and then the handcuffs. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, 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 again, it's an interesting topic. So, hey, so what's your shot at an, at a definition or have you already given it? No, I haven't. So I would say it, it, it is like the textbook definition, but I just don't think that like, it's tough for me. Like, so I believe that it, it's doing an action where you receive a positive short term benefit and don't realize the long term um, downside of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are addicted to cigarettes. I was talking to my better half before we started because we were kind of talking about it because she believes, you know, she was leaning towards it being a disease. Well, I was like, well, then you have a disease, honey. You're sitting there smoking. You, you, the textbook definition of addiction, addiction's a disease. Um, you know, you are smoking for the short-term benefit, that dopamine high, that nicotine, whatever it is. I quit that too. So sorry. Um, um, and, but you know that it's increasing your likelihood to die earlier. So you're, you know, and that's where the art, it's kind of like, huh, I see what you're kind of saying. So, um, I believe addiction is real. I just, the, I just, I'm not a big fan of the pharmaceutical industry. I know that there's a lot of things in modern medicine that happen and that are good, but I think that there's a lot of backhandedness. I haven't dove deep into it, but I mean, there's a reason the pharmaceutical maker has been fined the largest amount of any corporation in history. Right. Um, But you're implying towards like one type of recovery, like the sort of getting the, uh, different drugs i guess right i I think it falls back on the dsm that Mm -hmm. whole thing like the i think the mental health industry is basically uh fueled by that book if you can take a human condition and define it and put it within these bounds and then come along with some medicine that supposedly makes it better i think that's what that whole equation is I think you have a point, except they haven't really found that medicine and they're still trying. And because to my knowledge, not for addiction, not for addiction, right? Not for addiction. But, right. Because to my knowledge, basically the practice is still most drugs that are prescribed to addicts is really just to get them through the detox stage mm-hmm. with a couple of exceptions. Like there's that one medication for alcoholics that'll, that'll like, if you, you take it consistently. So if you drink alcohol, it makes you sick and throw it up. But then there's that level of like, yeah, but if, if the alcoholic really wanted to drink, he just stops taking the damn pill. But um, but you do. But um, now I'm losing focus on what I say because you brought the D, the DSM. Oh, that's right. Because you know you detox them, but really they it's and, and this is what has amazed me having been in a couple different uh, recovery centers and seeking recovery centers that don't use this method. I ran away from the twelve steps forever, but it is sort of in the mental health industry the standard, not necessarily right. like a certain 12 step program, but like versions of it. Um, Like I'm, I'm rolling it all up to the whole like pharmaceutical medical industrial complex. Yeah. And I think you have a point on its intention. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you can define this and then come up with a solution for it, here's, here's, you know, and like, even to your point of there being no cure for addiction, I mean, you just named like two ancillary services and, you know, there's at least, half a dozen, if not more than that, different drugs, you know, that mm-hmm. treat the symptoms of withdrawal and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then industries all around it. So, you know, again, I think to me, addiction is real. It's something that people struggle with. I just, I, I have problems with finding it as a disease. Cause again, this is where, as somebody said, we're just two assholes sitting here talking. Um, For the record, I'm the one that said that. Yeah. So like disease, like, (laughs) I don't know, like if there's a disease, I don't know. No, I feel you. I feel you. There there should be, I know like a disease doesn't exist because there's a cure for it, but you know what I mean? Like there should Mm -hmm. be some clear 
uh, I've always had kind of an engineer type mind. Yeah. I've always been like a show it to me, prove yeah. it to me type person. Um, so like if you define it as a disease, there's got, I don't know. It's, well, I just don't like it. Well, <laughs> no, sir. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I dig it. And, uh, well, let's, let's, let's look at some of this stuff. So I know you looked up some things. Um, so do you want to start with what, yeah, you've only got one tab. I got like four. So why don't you go start off with what you got? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just the the Wikipedia as much as you wanted the, the book of knowledge. Well, it's funny. Um, the, I was going to start with the book of knowledge. So, yeah, why don't yeah. you read that one? I'll, I'll cover the, the other addiction, ones. Addiction is a brain disorder characterized by compulsive engagement and rewarding stimuli despite adverse consequences, period. And that's like where I pretty much <laughs> a variety of complex neuro, neurobiological and psycho, psycho social factors are implicated in the development of addiction classic hallmarks of addiction include impaired control over substances or behavior preoccupation with substance or behavior and continued use despite consequences habits and patterns associated with associated with addiction are typically characterized by immediate gratification short-term reward coupled with delayed deleterious effects short-term long-term costs I totally butchered that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, and I, that's and I got the same thing in front of me there, right? For the for the book of knowledge. Yeah. Um, I've got here. Yeah, and th- there's a couple other sources I kind of liked. Not that I liked them, but I was trying to find. I don't. I'll just. I'll just keep going. A, well, let me. Let me. My other tab. I guess I'll just. Oh yeah. Sorry. Know, sorry. Empty, empty my load. Um was just Google addiction. And this is where, again, I kind of have a problem. Like I, the, the Wikipedia result was the third from the bottom. Um, and it's what is a substance use, substance use disorder is the first. And it's psychiatry.org, which I'm sure is just pushing DSM stuff. So um, then it's addiction treatment centers. What is it? Does uh, it, does it give an, does it give a definition though? And that's psychiatry.org. Well, in this summary, in the Google results, it does. Addiction is a complex condition, a brain disease that is manifested by compulsive substance use despite harmful consequence. Learn more at psychiatry.org. Okay, interesting. Um, And then it's got a couple, you know, people also ask, and then it's got a Google Maps for uh, addiction treatment centers. And then uh, ASAM. I don't know what that is. American something, I imagine, or addiction, you know, the definition, stories. Genetically altered skin grafts hold promise as addiction treatment from the Chicago Tribune. Mm. I don't know what that's all about, but you you go ahead now. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, But yeah, so like, and I binged it, by the way. For reference, hey, yeah, and it's interesting to see the differences in the results because, right, when I bing it, uh, and I, I binged a, addiction definition medical, and oh, I just did the word, yeah, so yeah, and so like, and but their their model's a little different, but basically the first two, th- the first thing that pops up for them is medical definition of addiction, and it has two sources: it has drugabuse.gov and the psychiatry. Dot org one you just read, which I'll start with that one because it it actually didn't skip like yours did. So addiction is a complex condition of brain disease. Brain disease is uh, in bold. 
that is manifested by compulsive substance use despite harmful consequence. People with addiction, severe substance use disorder, have an intense focus on using a certain substance, such as alcohol or drugs, to the point that it takes over their life. Um, and then from drugabuse.gov, addiction is defined as a chronic relapsing disorder characterized by compulsive drug-seeking, continued use despite harmful consequences, and long-lasting changes in the brain. It is considered both a complex brain disorder and a mental illness. This one, besides some of the DSM ones I was looking up, is is my favorite of the bunch so far because it mentions the the brain the physical changes to your brain that can occur depending on what substance you're addicted to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the relapsing disorder. I love that phrase too because it's like, and and I think that that's a part of the def that they're all missing in in these medical definitions is is sort of that twelve step sort of because because it's hard to really there's a missing piece in all this in like the the what is so sick like why cuz cuz the alcohol the cocaine anything it's a symptom of a disease because if you take that that stuff away then if if that was the cause it would be over relapse done you get them clean for 6 months you know they're good right but they keep going back to it or they develop something else um, which I'm discovering about myself. I, and I'll, maybe I'll get there in a minute, or I might jump into it now. You know, I discovered another aspect of my addiction that was that was messing with my life. That I finally had to sort of stop, look at, and apply my terms of recovery to, or you know, the twelve steps. And and my life is my life with my family has already gotten so much better in the last three days because of this thing. Um, and it's not drug related. It's not alcohol related. It's, 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 you know, and so it, it can go Is beyond it that giant sticky head up your ass you're addicted to. No, I got, I got, I got rid of that man when I started smoking weed. Remember that? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm referring it. I'm to it. One. So I'll just, we'll just, we'll just take a, I'll interrupt. I mean, it's not like we got like the most consistent flow anyway, but, um, it's, it's finances. Like I've, I realized because my wife was pointing it out or it was just it, it, life was bringing it out of me, man. Like I, I have an issue with my finances in the sense of, of buying things when I don't really need to, to get that sort of, you know, that, that dopamine. And, it, and it's the sense of like, you know, I'll, I'll be okay. I will feel good once I have this. It's almost like the sense of completeness. It's like, Oh, I will feel complete once I have this video game and then I'll be happy yeah. and I'll be okay. I'll feel sure. complete once I buy this card game. And a lot of for mm. me it's a lot of video games and stuff like that. Um well those are hard to complete, so pick something that's a lot easier. I know, right? Well, and I I had a good thing when I first was kind of getting sober, for the first time in my life, I was really good about like having one video game as my focus until I beat Ugh. it and then I move so on to hard. another game. It's so hard. Dude, I I I, ro I rolled through my Audible list the other day and like got depressed. <laughs> <laughs> backlogs man <laughs> oh man oh i know uh my book collections like i mean everything like entertainment wise for me is backlogs and and i keep getting stuff and i'm being secretive with my wife about that modern society and you yes. just don't want your wife to know that you're like spending money but you're still i, I don't think that's abnormal so to speak just because it's not abnormal doesn't mean it's not 
it's not right or it, that it's healthy. But sure. sure, that was my excuse to myself. Right. It's normal. Every guy hides some stuff from his wife, you know. But, um, you know, but and and I have a unique we we have a unique. I mean, my wife's a therapist. We're both in 12 step programs, you know, and and so but she, I'm learning a lot about intimacy. And that's always been a problem from the beginning of our relationship. And and this was another level where as you know, she would ask me questions about, I've always considered things of our separate, like, this is yours, this is mine. And she has it, like, she's like, no, honey, we're married. Like, what's mine is yours. And what you are willing to share with me is mine. But, you know, it's kind of weird that you have this separation feeling. And it was like that with money for me, because I, because, and I realized that because of my addiction in my 20s, and I just had this sort of thing of, I felt like I was missing out. Because I was missing out for a long time. I couldn't afford the, the 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 video game systems. I couldn't afford different things I wanted. And now that I've been sober and, and I'm and I'm in a relationship with her and we've got some money and I've got a little money, I'm like making up for the past. And 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 then that's that's cool at first, but then I keep going to like I keep wanting more. I keep battling that feeling of missing out. And and I was lying to her about my, but I got to the point, and this is this is the point, man. This is what was not unhealth. This is what was not healthy. I was lying to her about my about how much money I was spending. I was lying to her about my credit card debt because I did have a credit card in my name, um, and and we had a breaking point where she covered it for me. I mean, I say she, it's our money, our collective money, but it's kind of a pride thing for me, like. You know, I, I just didn't want to put the burden on her from our main pool of money. And she said, no, let's work on being transparent. You know, just talk to me about these things. Well, I didn't. I kept I kept just spending privately, keeping it from her. And my credit card got high again. And, and some old stuff, spending things of mine started coming up around tax time, of course. And she started going, why didn't you tell me about this? You know, why didn't you tell me about that? And... I had a moment of like, you know what? It's because of the shame we've talked about of of how I spend and how I'm not really handling my finances as I, as well as I think I could. And and then we started talking about it and I started lying to her again about things. Like, well, what's your credit card at now? Oh, oh, it's only at like 800 when really it was at like, you know, 1600. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I bought when I bought that bass guitar, you know, I told her it was 120 bucks when the thing was really like 180. You know, I was like trying to downplay stuff like, oh, she won't be mad at 120, um, like silly stuff. And 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 I could not see it. But she pointed out to she tried to point out to me. She's like, honey, like this is this is not OK. Like, you you know, and and because I was starting to kind of act out in ways like I was back in my addiction, sort of attitude wise with things and being disassociative. So we kind of had a calling out moment, and she, and especially when she realized that my credit card was back to that point, and um, and and I had a sort of a moment. Um, what's what's the phrase in in the twelve step programs of sort of? Well, you know, I had a moment of realization and clarity. Yeah, that's it. The moment of clarity. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, you know, I had a moment of clarity and, and realized, like, wow, you know, like. I really like I can't I do have a problem here like I can't and she compared it to like gambling addiction in a in a weird way that I didn't agree with but then as time went on as I started talking to different people I talked to my therapist about it I talked to my sponsor about it 
and kind of realized she had a good point in like there's an aspect of gambling to how I was spending my money and that like you know I was I was losing money on these on these on the buzz of getting something new that I really wasn't even using or getting to play with because I had so much of a backlog of entertainment but it but I digress so the not take too long with the story you know I finally put the 12 steps towards it I I admitted I had a problem I set up a, a system of accountability with my wife on my spending I made a, a personal sort of vendetta to to not spend on certain things anymore to cut back so I can start working on paying off that credit card and but the thing but and and then I went back we did sort of an inventory it's called the fourth and fifth step where you you take inventory of yourself and you admit it to another person and and not really meaning to do it in that system of the 12 steps it just came naturally I told her about stuff from the last you know year or two of the big spending I did that I never told her about and getting that stuff off my chest it I didn't realize how freeing it was and how much better I felt afterwards and I went from like I, I, I it's hard to even explain emotionally but I mean once I did that stuff I felt like a million bucks since the last couple of days um so so just I guess and I bring that up as an example of how the disease of addiction is is not not it, it it's there's more to it than just what you know than drugs and alcohol you know it's there's something within it's it's almost like a, there's there's some people that define it as a soul sickness and it's hard i think for the medical and science based community to understand something intangible to it that is sort of that um, you know, it's like you're seeking you're seeking drugs to fulfill a god-sized hole in your heart. You know, you're trying to fulfill something that you don't understand what it is. And somebody just doesn't want to exist and wants to drown it out. I mean, that exists too. So I mean, right. like, why does that need to be defined within? You know, like that's yeah. that's where it all loosely falls apart to me because like everybody's on their own journey. We don't even really know if we're all seeing the same colors. I mean, like, let's be real here. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if i call it green and you call it green doesn't matter if it looks different to you and to me yeah so yeah. you know love nobody really can correlate what that means to somebody else it's just a series of vibrations coming out of my mouth that's now going through the internet and coming through and vibrating something in your head that you're you know uh comprehending and putting your own visual images on it's a little bit of waking life there anybody well, i haven't seen that, that movie forever yeah yeah i've seen it awesome a lot. i need to rewatch that again yeah or love i mean love's an interesting thing too it's like defining that like you can go into sort of the the physical aspects of how somebody's brain changes when they feel love but then there's people that are that have the sort of spirituality aspect that I mean honestly for me for example you know I to me God is not this personification he is the sort of energy of love it's that connection that you can't define when like it's not even through words like you can look at someone and see the compassion in their eyes and feel it yeah but I digress that's cool yeah. So, well, I think uh, I kind of want. Yeah, I think you're right. And like, you know, defining is not really, you know, it's not necessarily necessary. But I do find it interesting to look at the different stuff. And and like you, I I I because busy life, you know, um, I, I did not prepare for this beforehand like I meant to. 
with uh with all the stuff going on. So 20 minutes before, I and I was trying to find my wife because my wife's a therapist. I was trying to find she has, of course, the DSM book. It used yeah. to be on her bedstand, and but now it's at her work. Um, so I had to I had to bang different stuff. But what I found interesting is uh according to the DSM five, and oh wait, actually, where's the other one? Here we go. DSM five recognizes substance related disorders resulting from the use of ten separate classes of drugs: alcohol, caffeine, cannabis, hallucinogens, inhalants, opioids sedatives, hypnotics, or anxiolytics, stimulants, tobacco, and other or unknown substances. Well, geez, that's just about everything. Right. But what's interesting is that it's not one disease by its definition. It's separated for each type. Uh and of course it is. Yeah, and interesting. Yeah, or I found that kind of interesting. Uh, and I lit and the criteria for all these different substance abuse disorders. I think they vary just a little bit, but there's some main sort of marks, um, which are. Yeah, I don't like that listing. Let's go with this one. Uh, the cravings to use the substance, a desire, which I mean, whatever. I, uh, even as I'm reading this, I'm kind of dis- like having my disagreements. But I'm trying to read it straight, and I and I can't I can't even do that. I'm like wanting to debate it. So cravings to use the substances, wanting to cut down or stop, but not managing to, taking the substance in larger amounts or for longer than you're meant to, neglecting other parts of your life because of substance use. Continuing to use even when it causes problems in relationships and using substances even when it puts you in danger. Those are the various criterias. Which I most you know, which I mean really don't really disagree with that per se, but but anyway, so but it's interesting. I think it's interesting though to take and especially someone coming from twelve steps is to see the medical thing of it. Um but. Um, that's, 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 uh, that's it. But, but again, that covers, it really just covers more of the behavior stuff. Sure. You know, then I guess I'm, I'm not a doctor, you know, I don't, the, the words and stuff, I've never really wanted to classify human behavior or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess if it comes from like, uh, wanting to help people, that's cool. But (laughs) I've just, I don't know. Yeah. I've always, I guess my relationship with it growing up is like, I knew, cause again, like I had a problem with, with booze and I quit and you know, I didn't go to AA it took me a long time to do probably like three extra years. If I had gone to AA or had a program or whatever and didn't do it alone. Um, but what are you saying that it, it, it took you three years because you didn't use three longer. Okay. Because I didn't have a support group and did it longer. Probably, you know, like, yeah, you know, I kept hitting the mark and then missing and then just going back. And there was nobody really around me that was there on the day to day other than my cat. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, the cat thought I was an asshole there for a while for (laughs) sure, but cats are assholes too. So we just kind of vibed, but, um, well, to, to validate your path, to validate your path, um, twelve steps is not twelve steps is 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 what's funny is the twelve step is like a lifetime thing, 
In fact, there's people, they have a phrase called dry drunks. And I mean, there's people that have been in the program for like five years and it's, and they're still considered sick. So, I mean, your, your method is valid, man. Your method is valid. I guess what I'm getting at is like, not, it gets, it just like, it, it took me longer to get there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's, that's just, had I had support is the second I wanted to do it and was able to do it for myself. You know, I got the support I needed just kind of organically, you know, right. things fell into place in my life. Um, but like growing up, like my relationship with addiction, you know, like I grew up and have my father's side at all involved growing up. So I had my mom and her, her parents, which were depression air Polacks from Detroit. Um, they never really drank a whole bunch like i didn't see drinking a whole bunch and like my mom didn't ever disparagingly talk about my father but like i knew he had a drinking problem and i knew that he did drugs and i knew it was like oh so like in my mind probably when i was using it was more of a oh this isn't my fault it's genetic this is my dad coming out you know like i i never this is this is the most i'll ever get to meet of my dad is my drinking problem. Um, so it kind of was like an easy cop out. Right. Um, but I think that kind of removed a lot of the, the personal, you know, the, the individual responsibility of the whole equation that I kind of view addiction as. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got through that, I think that's when I was able to pull my head out of my ass and, you know, realize that it was, negatively affecting my life more than I was willing to accept anymore. Mm -hmm. So then I took it upon myself because I've just always been raised to be myself, whether I've accomplished that as well as I've wanted to throughout the years, who knows, but like, you know, my mom raised me to be spaceship Sir Puck and, you know, go out there and make my own decisions. Mm -hmm. It wasn't ever about following a specific path that she laid out there. Right. Um, So, you know, I always knew that I had it within me to do it. Um, I believe that. I think everybody has it within themselves to do whatever the whatever they want. But what did you um, do? I stopped drinking. Just flat out. You just stop, and then it's just over. Yeah. Okay. Well, earlier you referenced like you sort of to get there, and it, and I, and I was kind of waiting uh, to ask you like, but what do you mean by get there? Like when you- the point where I wanted to stop, where I realized that it was negatively impacting my life more than I was willing to like, it wasn't worth it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the, the drunk wasn't as good. The hangover was bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I started drinking on the weekends like earlier than I wanted to. Um, it never affected my work week. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'd start when I got home and, you know, drink all night. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it took, it took, like I said, get there is me realizing that it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Did you wean yourself off? Like, how did you detox? Um, I don't think I was like that bad at that point. Okay. Fair I enough. had, I had, I had already kind of identified that it was a problem. Yeah. And you know, I had, I, I quit to, I'd, I I guess the weaning I did was to a goes, which is a, a German style 
light ABV, mm-hmm. um, Sierra Nevada, the, the Ostravez. Um, those were the last. And I actually stopped in the middle of like a 12 pack. I had probably for six months, no, a year, I had beers in my fridge. Yeah. Um, and I finally dumped those out when I moved out of that apartment. Nice. Yeah. So that would have been like they were probably there for a year and a half, maybe. Yeah. Um. No, maybe just a year. But yeah, I just I just quit. I I don't think I was because I know somebody that's very near and dear to my heart that is chemically addicted. So I know right. the difference. Maybe that's the difference. So I guess that's what <laughs> maybe what I'm realizing is right. You don't consider yourself chemically addicted to alcohol. Is like are you just like you? Not at you, that point. Not yeah. at that point, I wasn't. You know, like the the chemical side of it, it was just a conscious decision every day to stop at the liquor store, pick up a six pack and a bomber, and and drink it. Yeah. Um, and or to find out what the new flavor of the week was, or what's coming out, or you know, there was there was that aspect of it too. It was like a a skew hunt. You know, I'm I'm hunting for the rare and new. Would you call yourself low bottom or high bottom? I don't know what that means. It basically means like how bad the circumstance was that made you go, that made you get there to where you said, I need to stop drinking. So like, I don't understand. Okay. What is a high bottom? So like a high bottom, most people, it, well, that's, that's actually the controversy of it because, and, and I, can you have a high bottom? Right. Because (laughs) like, is it riding on cocaine? Like basically, no high bottom basically means like you lost everything. Like your family abandoned you. You're living on the streets. You know, like you had so many consequences. I burned my hand. I was I was so drunk, <laughs> I burned my hand. Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> well, no. It will also no more yours. Because, so like, I mean, because, because you're bringing up something that's interesting. Because, like, some people would say, like, well, you were able to stop because you're not an alcoholic. Clearly, you were able to stop in the middle of a six-pack. Any real alcoholic wouldn't have been able to do that. Uh, but I feel, I personally feel like that's unique to every person. Like you get to make that decision on what you feel like. So am I an are. alcoholic or am I, am I an addict? You know what I mean? That's where I that's use where them interchangeably. Stuff, that's where this stuff gets a little hinky panky for me. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's like, okay, is an alcoholic an addict? An addict's not an alcoholic. So it's like, <sighs> I personally think they are one in the same, uh, you know, because it's, it's addiction just on different substances. In 12-step programs, there's this whole separation thing, depending on who you talk to or in the origins of it. But um, but my personal opinion is, you know, it they're all addicts, you know. And I started off as an addict. I mean, my first 12-step program was to get off cocaine, you know, back in the early 2000s. Um, and see, I would I would classify myself more as an addict than I would an alcoholic. Yeah, well, fair enough. Like I know booze is gonna take me down a path that isn't any good for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's okay. I was functional, but I wasn't happy, and it didn't provide me the things that I wanted. There was no there was no realness in it. I can relate to like that. The day to day, it was just kind of like blurry, and so, um. Yeah, right on, right on. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry if I got a little intense with you there, but I had to get a little sip. Yeah, well, you know, but it well, it's not easy to talk about, you know, like kind of, kind of, you know, what led you to to 
realizing like, wow, you know, I need to, I need to change. Um, yeah. you know, I had known it for a while, like I said, and it was just, it was a slow, and that's probably where like I get the whole thing. I would have gotten stayed sober mm-hmm. quicker had I, but it's just, there's many, many reasons why a, I don't think would work for me. I'm glad it works for you and all the people it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it, it kind of goes back to why I don't feel like alcoholism, you know, and, and addiction, like it, it, you just put it in a box and it doesn't fit for everybody. It's like, you know, well, I'm a circle and, you know, I don't fit in that square peg, even though a bunch of other people do. So mm-hmm. that's where my um, trepidation, my, my reservedness towards that type of Cause I, it, it's kind of I, the more I sit here and think about what I've been saying, it's like, well, come on, man. Like you're, come on, man. You're uh come on, man. You're a show me kind of guy. And you know, like this is evidence-based and, and all that, but it's just, it, it doesn't rub me the right way. I guess I feel like life to some degree shouldn't be boxed in to that, that, to that extent, because like what you just said, some people would say I'm not a real alcoholic if I was able to put, those four beers left in my fridge. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a game to me too. Yeah. I was, was a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> that was, you know, so well, like, and it's, well, and also too, because I mean, this goes all over the place. And, um, in the sense of, because like me, when I first was trying with a, or I'm trying not even to drop that name. That's why I keep saying 12 step because I'm trying to honor a tradition, which is that, I don't know. I'm just trying not to, to point out exactly where I go, but if you listen long enough, you figure it out. But the point is, or I'll ruin it for you. <laughs> well, whatever, you know, Hey man, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to, to, you know, to do the traditions, but, but, um, but the point is, is that when I first was getting involved, I, I would, I would not, I would feel that I wasn't an alcoholic because I could stop. And I could, I would, I would stop. I would have, and I would have bad circumstances. Like I had abandoned a job because I was drunk and, and blacked out. And I just, I would just hit shame street and not show up. And then, you know, and I was living in my mom's house and, you know, and, and, and going to the hospital, um, for, for alcohol poisoning. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm going to quit. And I would quit and, and go to meetings. But I, all I did was show up. Uh, which there's more to it than showing up, by the way. And, um, and, but I, and, and it would be easy for me. And, and I would kind of hit this point of like, well, maybe I'm not because I really haven't struggled with it. Like, I realize I made a mistake, you know, and I'm moving on, kind of like what you're describing. But then in my case, it, it, it was around the three month mark consistently, somewhere around three months, I would convince myself it's okay. Like yeah. I can drink again and I'll be able to control it this time. And every time it got worse. But the funny part was it would take longer for it to get worse. Or at least like I would relapse and it would take, you know, like I think at first it was like a year or two before, you know, things kind of got bad. And then I get sober for three months and then drink again. But every time I would drink again, it would mathematically shrink, you know, sort of like two thirds of that time it would take, you know, went from like a year to to nine months, to, to, you know, five months, to three months, to a month, to a week, <laughs> until like one of the last times I drank, it was like an hour. 
<laughs> not to yeah. like something bad happened, but I mean, but again, I also became more of a physically addicted person to alcohol. And like the last time I had alcohol, uh, was I, I had just left a, a, a rehab. I had, I had, I'd walked out on the place, man, in the middle of the night and, and I'm walking from coming Georgia to heading towards Woodstock, Georgia, which I don't yeah, even know. We could find you for like three days. Yeah. I mean, that's how long it took me on that walk. And, and I stole a bottle of wine from like a Walgreens or something and went to drinking under a bridge. And, and then I went for a walk. And so I don't know, probably like four or five hours later, and eh, maybe more than that, maybe more than like seven hours later, I'm I'm needing to sleep, so so I find this kind of abandoned business building. It's like a house that had been turned into some kind of daycare, but it was it was closed and it seemed abandoned. So I went to the back and kind of just got myself under some cover in the rain, and I could feel like I was recognizing. And at this point, I had stopped drinking for it had been a year since my last sip of alcohol, and I had just had like two bottles of wine. And seven hours later, I'm I'm not 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 to a heavy extent. Like I'm not hallucinating, and I'm not like shaking, but I'm recognizing from when I was in in detox, like that sort of body sensation being in me at some sort of on a level. And I'm like, and I'm just thinking, holy shit. Like I cannot touch this stuff anymore. Like it took all. It just took this much, and I I can tell. Like, damn man, I'm physically addicted to this shit. Like my body cannot handle it like it used to. And that was and that 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 was the beginning of the end for me. Yeah, I mean that whole situation. I mean, there had I I think if you had slammed two bottles of wine over that time period without that situation going on maybe you wouldn't have felt that way i mean you just ran away from a rehab place and you stole a bottle of wine you well, know talking, i mean but i'm not talking mentally but i'm talking physically <laughs> like i'm talking yeah. about the way my body felt mm. um the way my muscles were aching you know um the the sort of the way my brain felt in my head almost it, it it's hard to describe but because again it's not like the obvious like i was shaking and i was throwing up and i was seeing you know fairies all around me like you know some people have like a drained like, feeling like no that kind of thing. no mm-hmm. it's and it's been like seven years so it's hard to like really it's hard to really give it in detail but but essentially it's like i mean there like there's a little bit of shaking at that moment it's like i could feel the shaking but it's more of just how my muscles felt it's like i just recognized it to like how much my muscles felt when i was in like a heavy detox situation when it was like painful like everything in my body ached whereas this time and it was a unique kind of body ache i'm not talking like a hangover like oh man i had too much to drink last night no it's like a sort of like do i have cancer like i feel like i'm dying sort of like throughout your whole body kind of a pain well your body told you what was up (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, my bo- and I realized on a subtle level, I mean, because it was subtle, but it, it might have been because I've been sober a year. Um, but, you know, and it, but it, I don't know, I just I recognized it. And I was like, holy shit, it's been seven hours and I'm feeling a form of DT. Dang, you know, and, um, you know, and and so and I, you know, and then I, and then I switched gears and I and I went and I went all in on 12 steps from that point. Um, and for me personally, it's changed my life, but I do appreciate what you're suggesting because, because I don't want, I don't think anyone should be limited to, because it's, because it's hard for everyone 
to embrace 12 steps because they're so spiritual based. And not only that, because there's a level of unofficialness, there's, there's officialness, but then there's also interpretations. And I mean, I mean, I went to a meeting this morning and, and it kind of broke out into a little bit of a debate over something because of how the meeting opens up. Somebody was offended by the way the the person opening the meeting uh, the way they shared like in 12 step meetings, you it, it's a, it's a classic, you know, like, hi, my name is Joe and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Joe. From, from like Fight Club, right? Right, from Fight, Fight Club. Yeah, I mean, that is it. Well, but one thing you have is is that is, that's an issue for some people because for various reasons. And like some people like to say, and I, I, I will f-, f it. I'm going to go into the details. Some people like to say, I'm a recovering alcoholic because they don't want to say I'm an alcoholic because it's like that defines who you are. And that's not what I am. You know what I mean? Like I'm a human being you know, with a heart and a soul, I'm not just like some like, you know, it's, it's that, that's the statement has become something people are trying to like redefine, but because it's getting redefined, uh, it offends other people that are more chorused. And, um, you know, so some people say recovered, some people say recovering, uh, some people, I mean, there's all sorts of unique stuff and, and somebody got offended by the way this gentleman presented himself in his opening statement and, but she did it in a responsible. But this person did it in a responsible way, and and I felt in the moment and just said, "I have a resentment with the way you said that. I'm upset. I've also had a bad morning, so I'm going to leave," and kind of left. But it led to everybody kind of in the meeting talking about that, and I bring that up as just an example of how it's 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 not set in stone in so many ways, and that's what's beautiful about it. But that's also what can be sort of confusing for new timers coming in especially like if their first interpretation of of a 12 step program is from some it's from a religious person for example and then that person is atheist or agnostic and they're like well I'm not all about god I'm not going into that program not realizing that there's a ton of people with no spiritual or religious belief whatsoever that have found ways to use that program and make it work for themselves um, but it's more, but what's more important though, is just that people find the help they need. And, and that's why I appreciate having you here in this discussion, because I think it's, because everybody needs to know that. Cause there is a lot of sort of push on, on various things that like 12 steps is the way to go. And it's certainly by a number sense can sort of seem that way, although it's hard to really measure it because it's an anonymous program. But, um, but there's various rehab types. There's various, you know, um, you know, there's ways that use sort of more mental health stuff that's sort of a, a CBT based uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which I had tried. Um, it's where you kind of look at like your the way you make decisions and think about things and put it on paper and then try to look at it from a different way, sort of convince yourself not to think that way anymore. Um, and. And for me, it sort of worked, but not in a long-term sense. But I don't want to say that it can't work for everyone. I think I still think it's a valid method. And I and I personally, I use CBTs currently for my therapy on my anger management. So I mean, you know, there you go. There. Um, are you familiar with anything else? Any other any sort of ways or sources? Mm-mm. Not really. Yeah. Um, like I said, I just have. Wicked, wicked, stubborn genetics. It, it <laughs> basically became no, like my great grandfather. I think on both sides, they just like put down their pack of cigarettes. 
I did stop smoking. Um, so, you know, I think I heard that story a couple times. Like I surrounded myself with, there's a, um, on Reddit, which, you know, <laughs> your mileage may vary. Um, a, a subreddit called stop drinking, which I subscribed to probably for like two or three years before I actually stop smoke or stop drinking. Um, and you know, just stories. That's probably what alcohol anonymous is or the 12 step program. Sorry. Um, I mean, you can draw, you know, it's it. the same, it's the same type of, you know, people just sharing their stories and just seeing, hearing different stories of different paths along it and realizing that it's not just like you, you don't just stop and that's it. You know, it's kind of like a daily thing. And, you know, I learned things here and there. Um, but you know, the, the religious aspect of it sure was, was an aspect of it. But I think to me, really, it was, it was just, it's a double-edged sword of like opening yourself up to other people and getting the strength from other people. Like I can see the value in opening up in front of other people, but I'd rather get that strength from myself than other people. So for me, the strength is within, um, but it's still for myself and other people, you know, like now I don't do it for the benefit of other people and myself. And trust me, I'm not perfect. Like Google California sober, right? You know, that's kind of the, the sacrifice I made, but I knew drinking was killing me. Yeah. So, and it wasn't going to make me move any forward. So that's why, you know, I'm still an addict. Maybe I'm not an alcoholic. Maybe I'm just an addict because I can certainly see aspects of that in my, my daily consumption habits there too. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, to go back to your point about you working through shit, <laughs> you can't do a podcast like this without working through your own shit too. So, um, yeah, I think that's on both sides of the coin, but, um, well, thank you. Thank you for mentioning, uh, an aspect I didn't want to bring up, or I was battling not bring it up, to be honest. Uh, right, it's the California sober thing. Um, and yeah. not so much to even like mention how, you know, how you're doing it, because I think there's there is a level of sort of like, well, I have a problem with this, and so I just replace it with this, or I'm or I'm, I'm focusing on this, you know, because I certainly have that in aspects. Like I said, I talked about, you know, video gaming. You know, yeah. I'm recognizing that I do have an an addiction to at least the purchase of video games um, and, and the desire to play them that can affect my relationships. Uh, but I can, but I keep with it because a, they're so goddamn fun. Uh, but two, and I, and, and I've grown up with them. I have a passion for them as, as a, as an art medium, but, but also that it's, it's, I think, you know, there's that aspect though of it's, it's, it's better than drinking. You know, at least it, you know, at least, you know what I mean? Like you can't, mm -hmm. it's hard to quit everything. You can't. I mean, life is meant to be lived. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how I look at it. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I'm getting there with my personal, my, my thing with, with video games is that like one of the big problems was the money for me right now. I've gotten better at the sort of time thing when it comes to balancing my time between, you know, my children and my wife and my recovery and, and, uh, and then well, let's just, let's just put everything in context here, man. Like we're, we're two pretty privileged people complaining about our 
pipes over the internet, right? <laughs> like you're like, I oh, ain't complaining. I'm addicted. I ain't I'm complaining. Addicted. Not complaining. So like, how about uh, redefining, reevaluating to redefine, right? So reevaluating um, our past in order to redefine yeah. our present and future, right? So, um, I don't know. I see. I we see. We could have it from. a lot worse. We could have it a lot worse. Oh yeah, we could have it a lot worse. And again, you're talking to somebody that's eaten out of trash cans and lived under a bridge. So, yeah, I mean, like it's like, you know, right. Like life could be a lot worse. And I keep that in mind sometimes, like especially. But to what you're saying, that is something, though, that has inhibited the 12-step programs is is not so much today than in its origins in the sense of, like, I just learned this recently, that there was actually almost a pseudo, like, you had to have a certain bottom to be considered an alcoholic and be considered for the help. Otherwise it was like, you're not going to accept it, you know, with, with, with a, that, that's the, the high bottom, low bottom in its origins, really. Um, you know, you used to have this sort of thing of like, well, if you don't think you have alcoholism, then go back out and drink and, and we'll, we'll see you on the other side. You know, if, if, if you can keep drinking and, you, and you're cool with it and good for you, you know, um, and a lot of it was based on the belief that people wouldn't accept the concepts of the program unless they were desperate. And the lesson over time has come that everyone's bottom is different. It doesn't have to be financial. It doesn't have to be physical. Um, it's really more emotional-based. And because it's emotional-based, it, it, uh, it, it, it can look different for everyone. Somebody can be privileged you know, have everything. It's not affected anything in their life except they're miserable and suicidal. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, and, and they're just as valid of a, of a bottom to embrace change and recovery. How, how, whatever system you use. And, you know, cause my, my wife is of, she's shared like that before of saying, you know, like I, you know, it, it didn't look so much of it on the outside, but internally, you know, but it also what suck what sucks about that is because it's still kind of prevalent. So somebody that needs help, that's crying out for help, can be in a situation where they go looking for it. But it's so easy to be like, well, I don't look as bad as that person. I've never done that. I'm never, you know, I, I still got all my money. So mm-hmm. clearly, I don't have that problem. And they just keep living in misery. Or at least I don't know. I can't really say what other people do, but you know, yeah. So um, it's it, it it it's unique. It's a unique thing for everyone, and no one no one can tell you you have it. It definitely is not diagnosable by anyone but yourself, and it doesn't need to be because it won't stick. Like nobody's going to change. I mean, I've said it before a lot that like you know I didn't have a drinking problem. You had a problem with my drinking, so therefore yeah. it was your drinking problem. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, yeah, but but I think you bring up an interesting point though about you know I don't know I guess you know the the privilege aspect. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, also I don't know for me personally though, it is life is good now, man. You know, life's oh no, great. I just I just wanted to 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 throw a little pepper in there, you know, like. <laughs> bring little, it down to a little earth spice, like, a little salt you know like just just bring it down to earth and say like hey we we realized that we're two pretty lucky dudes to even be able to sit here and have this conversation and yeah. uh you know <laughs> there's could have it a lot worse than having to do with our demons of 
drug abuse and alcohol abuse and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you'd be dodging bullets. Yeah. And you too can be here. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh after saying that because it's real. I mean, and plus, like I said, a happy life doesn't have to look like, you know, a privileged life, whatever privilege means to you. It's all about inner peace. Um, Pair yourself to who you were yesterday as opposed to who someone else is today. Mm Mm-hmm. I could have all the video games in the world and still be miserable. Yeah. Or I can just have the right copy of Pokemon no. and be at peace. No. <laughs> no more Pokemon for you. That's your other addiction. See, I think that's 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 honestly like you you're speaking some truth here, man. Cause yeah, you got a Pokemon addiction, man. Oh, come on. Don't bring that on me, man. Don't bring that on me. I gotta catch them all. I, mean, I know. Isn't it almost time for your walk? I actually haven't played Go in like a week, a couple weeks oh, almost. Oh, oh we kind of dropped it. Well, yeah, because well, it's been a beautiful thing. What well, it's been great for my video game recovery is all these new endeavors. Um, is the um, sorry? No, you're good. I think I just kind of realized something. Your your video game recovery. What did you do? Nah, I'm looking at the record for. I'm having one of those audio mixer guy moments. I realized, oh my gosh, I got the. I got the recording format set on the wrong frequency, but that's okay. I can fix it in post, I think. What's your frequency, Chris? It's at 44 kilohertz. I was aiming for, I meant to have it at 48, but that's not a big deal. I don't really need to announce that on the podcast. But see, there's my, there's my issue again, man, of just like the perfectionism. I'm like, oh, shoot. You know, I screwed it up. Yeah, buddy, Um, nobody gives a shit except you. I know, seriously. No offense. It just has to sound good. Yeah, it just has to sound good. Well, we might. No, sound- it, it doesn't have. To, it can't sound bad. How about that? Well, you might feel differently when I put when I when I export this file and we sound like chipmunks. But you know, whatever. Ah, uh, ah. But uh, but that's but but back to the point fix about posts. I'm fixing a post. But that you know the point being about you know video game. Yeah, like having finally sort of uh, embracing healthier things for me right now, which has been a blessing for my wife. She's been really encouraging me because she's seen the sort of mental health progress I've had in in really, you know, expressing myself more creatively, doing this podcast, working on music. Um, God, this thing I'm doing, let's start self-advertising. Uh, this thing I'm doing on Twitch right now where every Wednesday night, you know, I'm doing a, a live, you know, music creation wor- workshop. I'm calling it the Open Creation Session. But, you know, just for an hour in between, like, putting the kid to bed and my wife getting home from work, I go live on Twitch and I let people on the chat room just throw some ideas at me. And we create spontaneously a complete song in an hour. And that practice has been so awesome for me on a personal level. Um, I I get a kick out of creation, and I think it's a healthy alternative to me. And so that's been a nice thing to do over video gaming, you know. Um, so yeah, you know, it's progress, man. Indeed, keep that wheel turning. But I do love the Pokemon. Yeah, I know. See, there you go. <laughs> Brought it back up again. <laughs> Gotta well, you got. Yeah. I think that's it. Feeds the addict personality, man. Like it's good it, marketing. It, it, the 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 bones of the game feeds addictive personality. Got to catch them all. Come on, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Under the marketing, they're just good at marketing the product. Yeah. <laughs> it's the product itself. Yeah. <laughs> Try and blame marketers. 
Whatever it is, it's not me. I am I am not no, the problem. It, it is. It's you. Yeah. Okay, but fine. I don't know anything either. I'm the problem. Yeah. Well, you got anything else you want to say on the matter? <laughs> I think we can wrap this topic up for this one, endeavor into it. Yeah, uh, nothing, nothing else now. But, you know, I think if people have any, uh, you know, the, the one or two listeners that we have besides your family. There are friends. dozens. There are dozens of dozens them. Okay? Of us? Dozens of us? There are dozens of them? Dozens! Well, uh, where can they email you with questions, comments, or concerns? That's a good point. Um, yeah, chris at bargeron.life. Uh, anyone that has any feedback about this episode or even, I don't know, just... We'll read your notes on, on the air, too. Okay, well, you are all over the place. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Um, at a cost. No, no, no. Actually, that's not true. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Chris at Barjon.life. Um, that's that's my email um for this podcast or really any of my other endeavors I'm doing. Um yeah. Is that, so it's Chris at your last name dot like L I F E or is it L Y F E? I mean L I F E, yeah. And it's in the show notes. I know. I'm trying to avoid spelling it. because uh, it's such a long I have such a long last name, but sure. Chris with a C H. R I S at Bargeron B A R G E R O N dot L I F E Chris at Bargeron dot life. Um, you know, uh, any feedback, uh, any discussion, you know, anything, I don't know. And also, man, God, it would help to have some positive feedback. Somebody listen to this, like, you know what, you know, I got something out of it. Thanks. Um, or you tell us if we suck too, quite honestly. I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for that, but sure. Do a podcast. 20%, what is it, 20% of all feedback is going to be negative? You better well, just get that raincoat on, buddy. Well, that was part of doing this podcast, though, was that's my, what uh, my wife said. Like, it would be good for you. It would be good for you to get some, be able to handle negative feedback and not take it as sort of like an identity thing. You know, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, I've been preparing myself for it. So, I mean, we just we just need the listeners. Yeah. Well, I have too, but um, they haven't really gotten any feedback. But then again, I haven't really been advertising the email as well. So, thank you. Yep. Chris at life. And actually, to move on there, we are a value for value podcast um, because we don't really want to have advertisers on the show. We don't really want to monetize it. Um, but we do have expenses, so we just ask if if you got any value out of this to just put a number on it and send it back to us at value.degreeofexperience.com. Um, and we have a website, too, which actually most of our listeners uh, do listen through this website, but at our website, degreeofexperience.com, uh, there's also ways to reach out to me there. There's some links to my email or my various social medias. Um, but yeah, value for value, man. And it doesn't have to be money either too. Uh, if you get inspired to help us out with, uh, some artwork or, you know, some music or you make a remix or something. Yeah. Let send us it. know you exist basically. Cause I joke, I, I say we don't have any listeners. I know there's probably at least one or two of you out there. There are real people, but you know, I don't want to disparage you guys. Be like, Oh, this guy doesn't even think we're real. There are dozens, Those- sir. Dozens. Mm-hmm. Nah, we we got we we're doing okay for a new podcasts. I feel, um, but the listener amounts don't matter, man. True. What we share, the journey. It's the journey. Oh, at least for me. Oh. 
I'm yeah. learning to get over a lot of initial perspectives I had on doing this and really just enjoy the ride, man. It's a fun ride. So yeah, man. Anybody anybody out there, again, reach out to us, Chris at Barjon.life. Um, we are a bi-weekly podcast. You know, we are uh, a lot of listeners have been listening to the website, so just also kind of let people know too. If you have a preferred way of listening to it and you can't find us, let me know uh, at that email address. Um, I just found out actually somebody pointed out they listen to podcasts on Pandora, and I never I didn't even think to try and get our podcast on there. But the point is, we are on a lot of major services. Uh, so you know, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify. Um, we're on, I don't know. I see there's a bunch of podcast services. I don't even, I'm not even familiar with, but I saw them on a list and I started getting us set up on it. Um, we're on Google. Um, you know, so, so yeah, you know, it's, and there's a link on the website. If you go to subscribe, it actually, we've, I've got buttons set up to all different services. So, you know, you can listen at your convenience. Um, I'm meaning to work on the Pandora thing, but we got new episodes every other week. Uh, so yeah, thank you all for listening to, degree of experience uh, again this has been Chris Bargeron and thank you I am Sir Puck and uh, yeah thanks everybody thanks for allowing us into your ear holes
I just want to point out too how fucking cool this is that we're doing this. Like <laughs> that, you know, like I'm still like sort of in awe Working of like out. 